Hey guys, welcome back to Break the Gay Podcast. We got Don, who is the uh, Don Wolf, Wolf, who is the uh, animal talent agent for Positively Famous. She's also a podcast host for a Positively Famous Podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is going to be fun to talk with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, same question I ask everybody: Can you go into a little bit of how you got started as an animal talent agent and uh, what led to you uh, creating your own company? Well, uh, I'll try to condense as best I can. Um, I ended up getting some Jack Russells back in the early uh, 2000s. They started getting some work with an agency that had hired me. And um, at one point, uh, a couple years into that relationship, I just found that I was getting frustrated with um, actually more like the um, the owner of the company and the way that he would speak to me and speak to a friend of mine who worked for him. And I just uh, couldn't continued that. And I was uh, talking with a guy who was named Captain Haggerty, who's a legend in the dog training industry. And Cap said, Don, just open your own agency. And I was like, okay, sir, I will just do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so it's really, um, that's, I never really thought of being an agent. I've been a professional dog trainer for 30 years. And again, my animals got started doing uh, the business, but I never grew up thinking, oh, I want to be an agent. I always thought, oh, I want to be the one controlling the dog and telling the dog and training the dogs to do the, the, um, the you know, the jobs. So. Sure. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty common though. Most people don't necessarily have that particular, you know, title in mind when they're doing these certain things you know they're not saying oh i wanted to be a music supervisor because and this is what i did to get there it was they more or less kind of fell into the position and then they just kind of stuck with it because they loved it you know and that's very common in the entertainment industry well and and i think you know hopefully this is common too some people get into a role and they think i can do that better so that mm. was my uh, that was my thing. I think I can do a better job um, with this, uh, and especially when it comes down to um, the way I think animals should be treated. Because you know, sure. let's just go back a long time ago, uh, 30, 40 years, um, and you know, when I first got started into it, and it was basically, and it still probably does go on that some people have, let's like, just say, a farm, right, and mm-hmm. they have dog uh, kennels outside, right? Like a, you know, like a boarding kennel type situation, you know, it's covered, but those are where those animals live, you know, until it's time for the animal to go on set, you know, and then it's like, you know, don't feed that dog uh, today, you know, give it a few treats, brush it up, give it a bath, uh, do a little prep work with it and boom, it's going on set tomorrow or going for what they used to call a look-see and, you know, hope that, you know, everything goes well. And then, you know, that dog would work for a day or two and then go back into a boarding kennel situation for the next six, eight months. Depends on when that dog would Mm. get a job again. And I just don't believe in treating animals like that. You know, it's one thing when you have like farm animals, like you got pigs and you got chickens and, you know, you're doing um, those types of animals and like taking them on set and stuff like that. But keeping dogs out in a boarding kennel just does not work for me. And again, but a lot of the um, companies back in the day, they wanted all of that control. They didn't want to have to go to a pet person and rent that person, you know, that hire that person to come on set to do stuff. They wanted all of that control with their particular animals. And so the thing that's really different about my business is 
And I also think that a lot more people have gotten uh, into dog training, right, with their animals and doing dock diving and all of these fun mm -hmm. sports. Uh, animals have become much more, um, you know, indoor pets, you know, your best friend, your companion, you're taking them to do stuff. So that's what I do is I hire those people that have very well-trained uh, dogs that do all kinds of uh, fun things with them. And this is just one more yeah. fun thing that they can come and do as work with me on set. What are some of the different um, training techniques that they have to be kind of have to have down in order to be able to be considered uh, a dog that it was or an animal for that matter that was able to be on some kind of set? Okay, so what type of behaviors do they really Correct. Do? Sorry. Okay. I, yeah, that's the right. Yep, that's what I was trying to say. Yep. Okay. So, um, well, I mean, at the very least, you need to have a solid sit-stay. Because at least with a solid sit-stay, we can take an animal and put it next to an actor, put it next to a product. Um, and as long as we can make little noises to try to get the dog to look a certain way or put its ears up, um, that's your first thing you need to have, right? Okay. Um, okay. And so. then from there, you know, obviously basic obedience. You know, being able to walk nice on a leash with an actor or a model is also super important because, um, you know, you don't want to have the actor or the model trying to say, hey, no, heal, right? So you, that's something yeah. you have to train by working with other people because if you don't train that, then the moment you hand a dog over to a stranger, it's going to be like, oh my God, who are you and where are we going? And I want to be with my mom and it looks terrible, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so, and then from there, you get into more advanced things like being able to send a dog uh, away to place right and then once it gets to place have it turn around and maybe sit and then wave at you uh, or speak on command and maybe come mm. back to you and be able to stop it halfway and tell it to lay down and put its head down so those are you know there's a whole range of uh once you get more advanced but yeah and I apologize um, if I ask questions that are not on what I sent you because I'm just generally genuinely interested in this um Oh, title, you can you know, ask me you anything. I I, yeah. I enjoy off the cuff things. So yeah, and the, the questions are more a structure in case I can't think of anything on the spot, you know. So, but <laughs> yeah. what I was getting at was <laughs> how how do you know like um, um how do I word this question? So like so you see on TVs or different movies, however, the dog, the intention behind the dog is because it is very like you know, um. Not necessarily aggressive. It's like, um, so like you've seen some of the kids' movies where the the dog is um, very hard to manage, you know, and that's kind of the whole thing behind the movie because he's constantly running and getting into stuff and then pulling the actor and doing all this stuff. How much of that is dog training and how much of that is stage staging? Well, I, a lot of it, I would say, is staging. But when you get into movies. Yeah. A lot of times it's actually uh, the same breed, but three or four or okay. five, six different dogs that will play that part. Because some dogs, uh, oh, sure. you know, they, they just have different behaviors. So when you want the wild, crazy dog on the leash who's jumping up, then you might use the one who we haven't done maybe a lot of training with, oh, right? And okay. so you really get that yeah. natural craziness uh, from that dog, right? But a lot yeah, of it is absolutely. very is very staged because these days actually a lot more uh, mixed breeds are being used and it's very hard to match mixed breed dogs. You sure. Know? So which was sometimes but, yeah. we have um, uh, a Hollywood person who actually paints the dogs and colors the dog to make them all look oh, wow. identical uh, as well. She was yeah she was actually a guest on one of my shows. She was very fun to talk. That's about. cool. I didn't know that that was a job. Yeah, is, she's an animal colorist. Some, 
That's cool. <laughs> I would like to have her on the podcast. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I like it. I'd like uh, exploring different, you know, positions in the entertainment industry because that was the whole point of the podcast was to be able to kind of go into as many different positions as possible because you never know what's out there. And, you know, I've had people that tell me like, wow, this has changed my life because I didn't know this existed before, you know, and that's the whole goal behind this. I want to interview like the, the niche, you know, the different things, you know, and a lot of people didn't realize that there was animal talent agents and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit you know offline too about you know the differences you know and doing it through studio and going through an animal talent agent but yeah it's it's cool to see that there's so many different diverse roles out there in there the entertainment is. world um so i guess the the the, the next question then is um and we kind of went into this a little bit um with working with animals can be unpredictable sometimes to, despite the fact that they are trained. Um, how do you kind of ensure the safety and well-being of the animal um, actors themselves during the productions? Um, I know you've also mentioned that you're really big on making sure that they are treated as animal, you know, as, as you would want to treat your own dog, you know, yes. and not just got sent to a kennel, you know, and yes. how do you make sure that they get treated nicely on production is guess what I'm getting at. Well, so on a movie or on a big commercial, right, anything that's going to air on network TV, a lot of times there's an animal safety rep, right? And that animal okay. safety rep is a liaison between my trainers, myself, and the production. So when there's not that, okay, um, I always tell my trainers, listen, you know, this is what is in the script. This is the storyboard. This is what's supposed to happen. If you get there and there's something that you're not comfortable with, okay, that's about to happen, mm -hmm. call me, FaceTime me, let me see exactly what the situation is. And, you know, I also have some of my trainers who have a lot of experience uh, doing this and they will make other suggestions to the production. Like one time I sent some Dalmatians literally four Dalmatians to go do a shoot in New York City. And they said that the little girl was going to be about seven. Um, she was about three mm. and a half, maybe four. Oh, wow. And in the middle of New York City, if you can imagine, you know, the, the streets and, and the crosswalks, they wanted this little girl to hold the dogs going across the, hot, the uh, crosswalk. And, mm, okay. uh, or even just hold one of the dogs. And my trainer said, absolutely not. What we're going to yeah. do is we're going to stage that and she can hold the leash and I'm going to put my dog's feet. So it looks like it's moving. And we're going to say, stand, stand, and you can take all the pictures that you want, but we're not having her actually hold the leash and this dog moving. Yeah. Because that little girl could get hurt, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, and then they actually did put the dogs up on another, um, part of the, um, I don't know, it was like uh, like steps or something. And again, they wanted the little girl to hold the leashes. And, you know, in the middle of it, the little girl just threw the leashes. Well, again, those dogs are all trained not to run yeah. away and stay. Sure. So, um, yeah, you know, sometimes we have to say no and come up with other ways to accomplish it. But um, at the end of the day, it's always about the animals being safe. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, it just seems like the productions don't always have people who really think about the safety of the animals, especially when you get into some of like the bulldogs, right? Those dogs yeah. can't, uh, can't breathe very well as it is to put them in a very hot location, 
right? And you don't even have like a holding room with air conditioning, then you should not hire those breeds in the middle of summer yeah. when it's really hot. Do that in a colder weather shoot, you know, but those are some sure. of the considerations we have to think about because, you know, my trainers are like, no, we're not going to go sit up uh, where you don't have any air conditioning. We're going to go sit in our car with the air and you give us a walkie talkie. And when you're ready yep. for us, we'll bring the dog up. But that's just what has to happen with certain breeds. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you take so much consideration to that. I feel like, you know, it's very easy for somebody to not think about those things, especially on a studio perspective when they've got a million things going on and they're not thinking logistically, hey, we have to make sure we we do this shoot around a time frame that works best for the dog, you know, because they've got their actors that are paying, you know, thousands, hundreds yes. of thousands of dollars. They're, they're the crew, you know, the whole production team, you know, everybody, there's so many other moving components to this. So we need somebody like you to kind of vouch for these animals and say, Hey, you got to treat them nicely too. Well, you know, you know, uh, you know, ideally it's a collaboration between me and the, and the production. Um, and yeah. this is where those pre-production, uh, things can come in and, and we can like talk about them. But, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of things, they do get changed spur of the moment. And that's one of the reasons I want to do the podcast is I'm going to do some podcasts again for my animal talent, people who want their pet to be famous, but also for the production people to be like, hey, if you want to work with animal actors, here's some things you might not have thought about, okay, that are really yeah. important. You know, like don't have the dog uh, do the, um, the really active scenes um, at the end of the day. When the dog is spent, it's tired. It's, you know, it's right. panting. Do those at the very beginning. Do the sleeping dog stuff at the end of the, you know, and sometimes they yeah. just don't even think of that, that when you're working with an animal, you know, you're going to get some of the best shots if you just ask the uh, the people that you're working with, when do you think I should do this? Like, what should it go like throughout the day? So. Yeah. Do you... When you get these animals, are they typically somebody else's, uh, and then you just kind of have to work with them, or are they on uh, on your own, you know, your own animals, or how does that work? Well, so yes, my own animals used to uh, work a lot, but yes, um, I hire professional trainers and pet owners to go out and okay. do these things. Uh, so. Um, no, I'm not. I, I mean, as much as I would love to have like so many dogs in this house right now that I was just yeah. surrounded by them. <laughs> right, I, right. I have one at the moment, okay. uh, Buzz. And, uh, but yeah. yeah, so I hire a lot of professional trainers and, you know, on certain jobs, um, I do have to go out and I do have to work with the, um, the animal talent that we've hired, uh, to yeah. prep them, or I have to have, you know, my trainers prep them for a certain job because some jobs, uh, take a lot of um, uh, specialized training that the trainer okay. never put on that dog. But once I know sure. that that's the perfect dog to do it, uh, would you like an example? I would love an example, okay. actually. So we had to do the puppy bowl where a dog is literally with the ref of the puppy bowl driving okay. for Subaru to the puppy bowl. Right. And they wanted this dog to be sitting in the back seat. And then the uh, the ref has to like turn around and they want the dog to bark and to, you know, like put its paw up. Well, the difficult part of this is not necessarily those behaviors, but they wanted the dog strapped in this certain um, uh, car seat belt. Right. Which is okay. very restrictive. This particular brand it's very safe brand right it's a great sure. brand but for doing these animal actor behaviors not so easy and so you know right. i had to have my trainer 
Jane worked with a very cute doodle named Marley, who I knew I knew that she could pull this off. And the thing that I love about Jane when I give her a task, she practices over and over again. And she video, uh, you know, she FaceTimes me in on things and she sent me videos. And, you know, so I'm I'm working with her as a trainer yeah. to help her, even though she's in Maryland and I'm here in Florida, to get Marley wow. to do that and making suggestions on how to how to work it out. And it turned out fabulous. But the thing they didn't tell us, again, there's always that one thing when we get to set that they they forgot to mention, was that, well, should it be there at 6 a.m. because they wanted it to be uh, a, a you know, sunrise shot. Um, they okay. didn't mention that they were going to have people shaking the car at the same time to make it look like it was moving. So Marley gets in the back. We got my trainer standing where Marley can see her. And literally people are on each side of the car shaking it now while oh this God. dog does these behaviors. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> no, uh, I get, would get anxious just being in the car myself. You know about it. <laughs> yeah, so can it imagine was, what, the, what the dog was like. Right, but again, it's it, it's it's a great dog, and uh, you know, Jane made sure that she thought it was fun when they shook the car, and it was step by step yeah. for a few minutes to get the dog acclimated, and then you know they moved on. But that dog has a very solid temperament and a really great work work ethic. So, yeah. and those dogs are, you know, obviously when I mean, you have a great trainer and a great dog, uh, it, you can just go very far. But not all dogs have that steady of a temperament sure. some dogs would just and that's shut what i was just down. gonna ask yeah. yeah what that's like you know having to deal with that and how much time do you get to to get accustomed to that you know prior to the project you know uh it, i mean it really varies you know on on how we do things and, and you know sometimes we're just winging it you know we're just winging yeah. it just like the production uh because you know they don't really know until we get into it how things are going to go either and you know, so yeah. we, we just try, try to do our best to accommodate. But the more uh, information that we have before a shoot to be able to prep an animal, you know, um, is is really the best way to do it. You know, but um, productions a lot of times, you know, they didn't even contact me. Not that one, but some of them don't even contact me until literally five days before they need an animal. And I always find that really mm. interesting because, wait a minute, you're yeah. about to film or, or do this production with this video uh, with a music person or something, you really didn't know that they were going to want an animal like a couple of weeks ago. So, right. They just pushed it off because they didn't think there was going to be much work behind it. Yeah. It and, like. and that makes it really difficult for me. Um, t uh, I mean, I pull it off because I have a huge network of people and I've been doing this for such a long time. But yeah, if you if, Ideally, if somebody wants, especially an animal that has to do something, not just like sit pretty or something like that. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks notice is great because, you know, I have to like reach out to my trainers, see who would be a good fit, who's available. I try to get them to send me video clips of the animal doing exactly what the production is going to want. Like if they wanted to go and jump up on a couch and look like a crazy dog and grab a pillow, the trainers, I call them and I say, hey. Or I put to do a casting call, you got to send me a video of your dog jumping on a couch and grabbing a pillow and acting like crazy before you even submit. Because yeah. I'm going to take a look at that mm. and see. Sure, sure. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So you work mainly in commercials, uh, TV, um, that kind of stuff, online commercials. That, um, what are some of the differences between those and in film in terms of acting or you're providing animal actors? Well, you know, for, um, you mean like movies? 
Like, what's the difference? Yeah, for differences and yeah, in movies versus like uh, commercials, you know, in, in the terms of providing, you know, animal actresses to, for for the set. Well, you know, with um, I'm gonna say with movies, there's normally always an animal safety rep, and with movies, mm. we do have a lot more lead time uh, because the production is in contact with the animal safety rep people um, to okay. really make sure every single scene is looked at before uh, we even start. So that's really mm. the big difference. Um, with okay. a, like a TV commercial where we're going to have, you know, an animal safety rep there, again, we're probably going to have at least a week and a half, two weeks notice on that. It's the ones that oh, sure. are just for like online or just, you know, a print or something like that, that we don't have that. So. That's when it okay. can get a little bit more down to the wire quickly. Sure. And as, ter uh, and as far as animal talent agent is concerned, too, um, would you find there's more available for commercials than there are for movies? Or is it kind of depending on a, a networking or, you know, is it how does that structure play out? Well, you know, with movies, um, I actually have a, a movie coming out soon with um, uh, an Exorcist remake movie and uh oh, cool. yeah we supplied uh, a dog for that particular thing now the dog that i supplied did not have any experience doing this mm, right but they okay. literally said they needed the dog to be able to do one thing right okay of course it's never that but that's yeah. what they needed <laughs> and so what i did was because that trainer did not have experience the dog did not have experience I hired an, an old timer like myself who was local mm -hmm. to go and yeah. help. Right. Okay. So I had the old timer there to help uh, make sure that everything was going to go really smoothly. So, sure. because that's a big deal, that's a movie. Yeah. Right. Um, so, most of the time, if I'm going to supply a movie dog, right, I'm going mm -hmm. to use my best trainers. Right. I'm going to use okay. the ones who I know can work things out on the fly. Uh, you know, if the, we need a new behavior very quickly because they just decided, can the dog go and put its paws up on the uh, windowsill? Right. If you haven't taught sure. that, because I actually, before I got into being Asian, I was helping this other person with a dog. And the director said, yeah, can you get the border collie to go put its paws up? And the dog would just slide on the wood like it just could not stay up there. Right. And so then they yeah. had to put some tape to get the dog a little bit more grip. Um, so, again, you know, I want to send my best trainers to be able to pull that up because I know it's probably never going to be exactly what it says. Right. Absolutely. So how does the how does the pay structure work for these for these animals? Does the money go to the owners or in and in, in, if that's the case, what? What's the typical pay look like, or is it kind of depending on the project? Well, it, yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely always depending on the project and stuff like that. So, you know, we work. Yeah. Well, I want to clarify one thing. Clarify one thing too is that with humans, right? Human, mm -hmm. uh, when you have children, right? For instance, that's working, right? You have um, a manager, right? And then you have. Sure. Uh, an agent, a casting agent, right? And mm -hmm. in this business, we are all in one, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, I am okay. I am all of that to those people. Um, but the difference also is, is that people call me all the time, I have this really beautiful cat, I have this great dog, or I got a viral video that just happened on TikTok and I'm getting all this attention. How can I, you know, make the most of it? How can I make the most of this moment? 
Sure. I don't go out and market animals, okay? Mm. People call me, I need a dog or a cat that can do X, Y, Z, okay? I don't go yeah. out like if you were a, a human person and you had someone who was, you know, getting some attention, you would call a bunch of people and be like, hey, I got this this great, you know, this little kid who just did this and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you would have all those contacts. It does not work that way in this business, okay? okay? And so essentially as an agent, if you're in, say, Hollywood out there, right? Sure. You're going to be probably part of the Teamsters Union, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a set pay schedule, right, of how much right. animals make, how much trainers make, how much you can charge for prep, prep work. Um, all that is really spelled out. For non-production, okay. there are no guidelines, okay? Mm, okay. And so one of the things is that, you know, basically how I do things with productions is when they call me, you know, I tell them, hey, this this particular dog is local. This is what this is going to cost you. I have a fabulous dog about three hours away who can pull everything off that you want, but that dog is going to cost you more because I have to have my trainer drive up. We're going to need a hotel room. So, you know, sometimes I'll give a price varying like that. So at the end of the uh, the job, you know, my trainers show up, they go do the job. At the end of it, I follow up within a day or two and say, hey, how'd you like the dog? How'd you like my trainer? And that's when I submit my invoice. Uh, normally, I get okay. paid 30 to 60 days. At that point, once I get paid, then I pay the negotiated price that I told my trainer I would pay them to go do that. Okay. So, and so that's variable, you know. And, yeah. you know, trainers who have... Uh, like a very specialized trick, like for instance, um, fake peeing on an object. Okay. If oh, I, I get a call, we need a dog that can fake pee on, uh, you know, a mailbox for this yeah. funny gig that we're going to do. I don't have sure. a lot of dogs that can do that. Okay. So right. the people who I have said, please train your dog to do this. I pay those people a little bit more because they spent the time training that. So that's going to sure. cost that production more because that, you know, I feel like when you spend a lot of time working something like that out with an animal, you're not going to be able to uh, do that a lot. You're not going to get lots of calls for it, but the time you spent, you should be compensated for. So, yeah. but in general, you know, I like it that my, um, a lot of people want to go and do this stuff. I feel like sometimes people would pay me to, to have their animal go and do this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't work like that. But, um, you know, I also am really happy to give uh, animals their very first break, right? And so sure. sometimes I can say to a uh, production who says, hey, you know, we just don't have a lot of money. There's not a lot of money in the budget for this. You know, if it's really super small, I say you should call your neighbor to do yeah. this. Okay, you, not, you mm. can't call an agent for something like this. But if there's a little bit of a budget, then a lot of times I call my, uh, I, I put a casting call out to some of my trainers and say, hey, I got a very low paying gig. It's super close to probably where you're at. Not going to pay a lot, but you're going to get some experience, you know? And okay. I let the production know this: these people do not have experience. They have amazingly trained animals, but it's their first time. Sure. So I try, so the, yeah. Sorry. Uh, on the trainer perspective, then, do they come to you and say, hey, I'm a trainer, you know, if you've got anything, you know, you need a dog for or an animal for, let me know? Or how does that work? Or do you look for the trainers? So so two things. Um, I 
I, I, I get texts from people yeah. and they send me pictures of their puppies and I'm like, yep. please, please don't text. That's me. why I was asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so on my website, Positively Famous, it says, you know, register your pet, right? So mm. I have a Facebook community, which is where I really recommend people join that. I have about 3000 or so people in there and that's where I'll post some casting calls that I don't go public with. Right, okay. because I know those people. I hold auditions all over the country. I've met people. Um, it's a way for me to uh, kind of get to know people. And I also have it where you can also send me an email. Give me a bunch of pictures of your animal, their experience, your location, your cell phone number, and yeah, I'll go through my emails and be like, oh, I need this breed of dog, or I need uh, an animal in a certain state where you know maybe I don't even work a whole lot, and I'll pull sure. up on my emails. Uh, so that's oh, okay. really, you know, and then I'll start, I'll look at those and then I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to call this person, see if they're available, see if they're a good fit for this, um, have them send me some updated photos and videos. But yeah, that's pretty much how I work. Okay. So, I mean, and Nick's honestly could be any state, right? I mean, but I work where, where do you see them? the country. Yeah. Okay. Where do you see the most of them? Is it like your Atlanta, your Georgia, your California, New York? Well, you know, I was in Jersey, South Jersey, uh, about a half hour from Philly for 20 years. So that's okay. really where I've built up a lot of my business. Um, sure. And so I have a lot of those, uh, what do you call it, um, contacts, and, and I've just been yeah. doing that for such a long time out there. But, um, you know, the internet did change a lot in that sense, sure. you know, because I used to have to get listed in the local production guides in order to mm. get work, right? Gotcha. And okay. so now, it, I, you know, I, I work a lot all over the country and I do get a lot of calls from like LA and I just had a, a, do a couple of dogs working in Tacoma, Washington by Seattle. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, all over, all over the place. So, but I'm going to say, you know, too, that, you know, in order to do movie work in Atlanta, you're probably yeah. going to be a Atlanta-based agency. Oh, I see. Because that it's the tax sense. credits. You know, it's the tax sure. credits. And so you only can hire local when you're getting tax credits. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I mean, that makes sense. But yes. I didn't really think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, my parents are from Red Bank, New Jersey. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Highlands, Red Bank, yeah. And then they also moved to Orlando, Florida, which is where I was originally from. But uh, yeah, Vero Beach, Orlando, kind of bounced back and forth okay. between the two. Well, yeah. and you know, the, the sad thing about where I live here in Florida, which is, you know, the Sunshine State, just like California, just like Hollywood. Yep. There's yeah. nothing going on here, right? As yes, far as like a right. lot, of, not all right. Let me let me rephrase that. It's not that there's nothing. There's very little <laughs> going yes. on in this state. No, I know. I uh, that's why I moved out of the state. <laughs> right? It's sad when you yeah. can't even work in your own uh, your own state, and you know until yeah. Florida gets the tax credits back, that's just going to be uh, the way things go. And you know, honestly, it's because you know DeSantis does not want uh, Hollywood here. He just doesn't. You know, and so right. that's uh, yeah, been a big deal. You know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and. I was curious too on how they did the Florida project. You know, I've ever seen that movie. They uh, they filmed in Kissimmee, um, and they were staying at the ho one of the hotels, and it was with um, a couple of uh, bigger actors, and I'm blanking on their names right now. Um, but it was very much of a independent project looking film. You know, 
and I was curious how they did it on what because what the what you're what you're talking about and the tax credits and you know using production that's you know in that area there's there's not a lot there you know in Florida you know so I was always curious when they start doing films like that in Florida and states where it's not easy to provide production for because there just isn't that available and it's expensive because there isn't a lot available you know. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the local, the local, uh, you know, like Tampa, Clearwater, they have a really great um, uh, film, um, I guess you call it a film commission, right? We have one here in Sarasota. There are film Mm -hmm. commissions around uh, the states. But yeah, you know, when you have an independent film, you know, that's all self-funded, you know, a lot of times, you know. And so they already realize that they're not going to get any of that back. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for people who are trying to get into your particular role, um, or even as a trainer, um, what are some of the things that, uh, they should be looking at kind of honing on their own and, you know, what are some of the, what's some advice that you could give them to, to kind of get into that? Well, I would say the first thing is really make sure, um, a, a couple things that the animal that you have, you think would enjoy this. Okay. Mm. Because it's, yeah. it, it is, um, stress is not always a bad thing. I mean, we all have, have stress in our lives, but you need an animal who is pretty easygoing and, and they can acclimate quickly in new spaces and it doesn't take them, you know, an hour to like relax. Um, and, and again, that's friendly. Um, you know, if you have an animal, uh, let's just say a dog that, you know, he's, the dog just seems to learn stuff. It really enjoys learning, you know, dogs with a good work ethic is also a really good thing because some dogs, you know, if you only do treat training and then you ask them to do something and they're like, yeah, I don't care about your treat. I just don't even yeah. want to do this. Right. I like dogs that do it because I said, oh my God, that was amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. You know, so it can't sure. always be about treats. Um, but yes, an animal who enjoys it and is ready for it. I have people all the time who are like, I have a six-month-old puppy and it's so beautiful. And he knows sit and lay down. You know, can you help me, you know, get him a job? No, I probably can't. Like, you need to take that dog and why don't you go and spend some money and go to a group training class, right? Yeah. And get that dog acclimated to kind of being around a lot of other dogs and, and well-trained, Right. Sure. It's like it's like yep. you're trying to say your your kid is so cute, right? All kids <laughs> are pretty much cute, right? right? But if that kid can't even sit down for two seconds and say what you want them to say or cross their hands the way that they're at, it doesn't matter how cute they are, they're never going to get work. Right. Absolutely. You got to put some training yeah. into them. So, yeah. so that's the that retention of training too. I think is important. You know, with our with our dog, you know, Ozzy, he is a. We're not so the the we went to a shelter, um, and what we got was a lab collie mix. But I'm I'm convinced he's got some greyhound in him. Not too sure, but he's extremely smart, and he picks up on training very very quickly. You know. I feel like that might be important as well versus just, you know, just doing the training because if it's taken them months for them to pick up on, you know, the sit stay commands, maybe that may, maybe it's not a good option for them to get into this. Well, so here's the thing. Um, You got to think about your skill as a trainer. Okay. And I went to school to be a dog trainer. Okay. I I apprenticed under a military guy, ex-military guy for a year. 
Okay. So it's like, if you said, Hey, can you fix my plumbing? I don't know how to fix your plumbing. Okay. I know how to work with, um, as a dog trainer, a lot of people think that we train the dogs. Yes, we train animals. We train people, right? Mm, so sure. if you're not getting the results that you want from training your your dog, then go call a trainer. That's what yeah. we're here for. We're here to help you learn how to be a better trainer, right? And if you can learn those skills, then you may see a, a huge boost in, in what your dog actually learns. Sure. Because now you know more. So that's always my advice, right? You know, is there's that's why that's, there's that's you know advice. a lot of professional trainers out there now. Yeah, have you worked with other animals besides dogs? I have actually. I've worked yeah. with um, lots of different animals. I'm pretty good with uh, with birds. I've had a starling for a pet. I've had lots oh, of cool. parrots. Uh, I did after we did Dogs 101 and Cats 101 for Animal Planet. They wanted to do Pets 101, and so okay. I got to bring in a lot of like exotic animals and help you know with them. Um, I've trained pigeons. I mean, I was Whoa. really interesting child so if you would have met me when i was 12 right i would have had a dove here my cockatiel here and um i was having my border collie jump and do circus tricks right then i would clap my hands at the park at like your local park and i'd hold my hand up and my pigeon who was circling would land on it like a falcon that's cool okay (laughs) sounds like you were really cool see how i could never go into anything else in my in my life. Yeah, so I'm with, yeah. um I'm kind of like a natural trainer. I've been training animals since I was 7 years old and sure. animals love me and I love them. Yeah. And but I did go to school to be, a, you know, a dog trainer and you know, I've been to lots of seminars and I'm, you know, I I'm, I'm 56 years old, okay? Sure. I'm still learning stuff, right? And I still yeah. love learning things. Um so yeah, so you know that's uh, that's the great thing. There's lots of YouTube that people can learn. But if you start trying one thing with your animal and you're like, oh, that that doesn't work. Well, as trainers, we go to plan A, B, C, D, and E, right, to figure right, out right. what is going to motivate that. You know, sometimes you bring out treats and your dog acts like a banana head. It just loses its mind over treats. Well, that's probably not the best thing to train your dog with. Right. Right. Maybe if you just get a ball. And the dog's like, I kind of like balls, but eh, okay, I want the ball, but I'm not insane for the ball. Maybe that's better. Sure. Maybe just praise, you know? So that's where you got to like figure out uh, what motivates an animal to want to do what we ask them to do. Do you feel like that's harder with some animals, you know, versus others? I mean, I can imagine birds are hard to train. Well, and certain breeds of dogs, okay? Uh, A Shiba Inu, for instance, they're like a cat. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you have a German Shepherd who is very trainable. You know, German Shepherds right. are just very, uh, very biddable uh, dogs in most cases. You know, there's a general generalizations, you know, and, you know, that's the other thing too. Like we have to also not only train the dog how to do the behaviors, we also have to, in a sense, train them how to act. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have a dog, they're like, we want the dog to look sad. Right? Right. Well, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say to your dog, Chris, to get it to look sad? What would you do? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes he just looks sad, and I'm wondering why. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, some people might be be like, "You're bad. You're a bad dog." Oh, goes, sure. Oh. 
I'm bad, right? So, or, yeah. you know, you want to get the head tilt. Not all dogs can do head tilts, but, you know, some dogs, if you go, do you want to go bye-bye? And then you'll get that yeah. head tilt, right? Sure. Yeah. So as trainers, we have to figure out how to bring out emotion in our animals uh, as well. And so, you know, sometimes making, uh, you know, dogs will be sitting there, but their ears are back, right? And they don't mm, look yeah. like as cute. So we want to be like, bah, 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 bah. and all of a sudden the ears are up, but you yeah. got to make sure that the animal doesn't move at the same time as getting the ears up. Okay. So it's just those kind of things. And it, you know, it's, it's a... Um, you know, I talk to my trainers and, you know, we always uh, do like a debriefing after each uh, thing that we do together. And, you know, when they're like, oh, gosh, I wish I would have known, you know, this was going to happen or that was going to happen or that they had that. And I say, you know what? It's a learning thing. You know what I mean? Don't beat yourself up over what you did not know or, you know, what what maybe you thought your animal could have done better if you would have known. Now you know that that might be something that gets asked in the future, spur of the moment. So just work on it, you know? Sure. I mean, got to let it go and move on to the next project. Nothing is always going to be, you know, perfect. Um, and when it is, then then you just, you know, have a great feeling and, and you're really proud of your animal and you're like, oh, that was great, you know? and. Those are, that's always fun. But generally, there's always going to be something that you learn about your animal on set uh, that day that you're like, oh, I should really teach that. You know, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that, you know. Like, one of the things is, you know, I try to get my trainers to teach not only, you know, go over and lay down and put your head down. They always want sleepy dogs. Like, literally, their eyes closed, hmm. right? So I teach my trainers, you know, to, to put your dog down and put their head down in a nice quiet moment when you're watching TV and start yeah. to say, you're so tired. You're so tired. You can't keep your eyes open right now. You're so tired. And to kind of go towards the animal's eyes, because when you approach with your hand, what's the natural reaction of the animal to start to close, right? Yeah. So you're like, you're so tired. You're and that's how you get those eyes closed. And they learn. Interesting. That. So, that's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool i got Just things uh, I, I figured out you know yeah absolutely i got one more question for you and we actually answered all of the questions that i had anyway just through normal conversation so it worked out very well um how does uh somebody who wants to be an animal talent agent start how do they get to because uh, i know your 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 path was a little bit different than you know probably most others but is there a set structure that you kind of people have to follow in order to get to that point or <laughs> No, because that's kind of like life. There's, no, yeah. <laughs> there's, Fair you enough. know, so, you know, I, I would say the big thing is um, you want to be in the industry for a while. Number one, it's like, you know, you don't go open up a restaurant because you're a good cook at home, right? You probably sure. go work for somebody and learn how to run the restaurant, learn how to do all the jobs entailed of the restaurant. Mm, okay. And then yeah, that makes sense. A few years after you get some experience, then you might have that opportunity, you know, because some uh, some of the agencies have, let's just say, gotten older and they bring on their children, for instance, mm -hmm. and then their children's friends. And some people just kind of happen into it like that, you know, especially mm -hmm. in Hollywood, you know, back in the day, they would, you know, raise all the children to be working with the animals. And then, you know, the, the parents would turn 80 and then it gets passed down to the 50 year old or, you know. Sure. Yeah, but, yeah. That's that's what I would say is you know um, 
again, I love being on set. I love being on set with my animals. I love being on set with other people's animals. And, you know, definitely it wasn't something that I took on um, doing uh, without thought too, even though Captain was like, open your own agency. Because I was like, well, well, what would that look like? You know, if right. I were to do something like that. And, you know, this is uh, n- not, I mean, almost before the um, the internet was like really popular and, and, you know, got bigger and stuff like that. You know, I had to have a lot of local people that I knew, like on my network. Mm. And so I've been a professional dog trainer. So I do go to the dog trainers conferences. Right. And so I know all of these trainers all over the country and stuff like that. So it's also about being like a networker kind of person, you know, especially in the beginning. And, you know, it's not all about the money, taking the jobs that, you know, you might be like, um, you know, that one really doesn't pay a whole lot, you know, uh, great, go do it. You know what I mean? I I didn't start out making uh, a whole lot of money. I take jobs because the agency, the, the, you know, a friend of mine I was working with and, and her uh, boss, you would say, oh, I got this thing. And I'd literally drive, you know, two hours up to North Jersey to do this little thing with my Jack Russell. And I made like $75, mm. you know. But you know yeah. what? I did it because, you know, that's how you get your foot in the door. And again, yeah. my dog didn't have a lot of experience. And, you know, other projects that I tell people to take on is reach out to your local theater, Right. Local theater, a lot of time will sometimes need a dog for something, you know, for Sandy, for Toto, for, you know, whatever, um, legally blonde, there's different things and see if there's a way to have your dog go and do theater because theater, in my opinion, is one of the best experiences that you can have with your pet because what it really does is it teaches your dog to work with other people. And this is something, let me mention this too, is that, When I hire um, uh, dogs to do things, a lot of times we want them to look like it's that actor or that model's animal, right? Mm. Right. Not be sitting staring at the trainer, okay? So in theater, I did The Wizard of Oz many years ago uh, with my little Jack Russell, Nikki, who was an all-white, rough coat Jack Russell, and I basically dyed her gray. Okay, uh, to play the part of Toto. But we spent a month doing that. I would drop her off and I'm like, here's Dorothy, you know, and I'd leave for a few hours just to let her hang out with the whole crew. And then, sure. yeah, when we got into it, it was like a whole month. I didn't make any money off of that. I didn't even charge those people. But you sure. know what I got out of it? I got an amazing relationship with my little two-year-old Jack Russell. Uh, That's true. And I got yeah. to bring out a lot of things in her and working with other people that, uh, without that opportunity, I don't think she would be as good and ready for the next, her very first movie that she did with Elizabeth Shue at a very yeah. young age. Um, and she was very prepared for all of that. So I think theater is a great place to to take and try to get into if you have the opportunity. That's something I would have never thought of. So that's some good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, I like, yeah. I like working with the, uh, I mean, I did, I guess it was high school you know, sure. kids. So do they still get represented for in, in the same way that they would for like f- film or TV or commercials in, in terms of like, you know, like there's like a, a SAG Afra, you know, for actors, that type of thing. Do they still get kind of represented the same way? Well, so animals are basically kind of like, um, let's see, they're a prop. Okay. They're like mm. a lamp. 
Like he just sure. literally rented a lamp from me. Right. Okay. So, but what I find really interesting is, and the reason why we're like a lamp is because we don't get any residuals, right? Like my sister was an actress. She did Pepsi commercials, all these kind of things. Every single time that Pepsi commercial would air, cha-ching, she's making money, right? Mm-hmm. Every time her Lifetime movie got played, she's making money. Now, if there was a dog in that Lifetime movie, they got paid once. Oh, That's okay. it. Okay. There are no residuals for the animals, which I think is uh, something in my lifetime that I would really like to change. Because sure. I worked on a show many, uh, many years ago with my bunny rabbit. Bun- uh, his name was Bungie on the show. Mm-hmm. And we had puppets. Okay. So we had puppeteers having their, their, you know, doing these things with the puppets. And then we had uh, the host of the show. Um, and every time that show, you know, aired, they got paid. My bunny rabbit. Nope. We got wow. paid, but we paid. And uh, yeah. And so, you know, also, you know, if you, there was a Gus the Groundhog, right? Which everything is mm-hmm. all CGI. Now that, that uh, puppeteer is out of work. Um, sure. But every time Gus the Groundhog, which was a puppet, would that would air he would get paid the puppies that i supplied yeah no don't no they didn't get paid so you know and that and that's the thing i don't think is right because if uh if a um puppeteer has to make the puppet do things well we're making the animals do things right and we spent lots of time training that so I feel, I absolutely feel like we should uh, get paid. But this is one of the reasons why I opened my own animal ta- talent agency is because yeah. that was one of the discussions that I had with the owner of an animal talent agency back in the day. And he thought it was absurd and ridiculous that I even mentioned that. And he goes, well, well, how would that uh, work, right? Like the puppy that we just, uh, I used to take a puppy to the set for a, a TV show for them. And he was like, well, that little puppy that is, you know, 12 weeks old, who would get paid? Would it be, uh, would we get paid? Would the owner, the breeder get paid for that puppy? Would you get paid? And I said, you know what? Those are all the things that could be worked out in a contract. Okay. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But the old timers, they don't want anything to change, you know? And so... You know, that's one thing that I, I would I would love to be able to change that because I do feel like that we should get residuals just like the actors. But if we're not going to get that, I find it very uh, interesting that we will sometimes get a talent release for the dog. Like it's property in right. the eyes of the government, right? It's not my sure. child. Right. Right, which you would need a talent release because it's a human child, it's a dog. Right. So that's one thing I always find um, interesting. So, yeah. Well, uh, Don, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about this. This is really cool. This is one of the more interesting interviews that I've done, you know. So, yeah, yeah I hope, thank you, I so hope much. you learned something and thank you I for having lot. me on yeah. uh, this. So, yeah, thank you so much. And, um, yeah, I'll look forward to uh, seeing some more of your podcast. I've been enjoying watching it. Great. Thank you. Thank you.